Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio, Friends of the Earth show on 3CR. I'm your host, Phil Evans, coming to you live from the unceded land of the Wurundjeri people in the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty never ceded and we, of course, pay respects to elders past and present and also say a big warm hello to all First Nations people listening in today. Uh, This is Friends of the Earth show on 3CR Dirt Radio, where we dig in deep and have a look what's happening around at Friends of the Earth and in the wider grassroots activist community. Today on the show, we're going to look at agroecology, what's behind a push or a transition in the way that we look at it um, and the narrative around these ideas uh, towards a sustainable agriculture initiatives and things like that. So talking about corporate co-option, agricultural practices, food sovereignty and social justice today on Dirt Radio and digging in to a report released in 2020 titled Junk Agroecology, the corporate capture of agroecology for partial ecological transition without social justice. Yeah, we'll have a special report coming up in just a few moments after a few community service announcements with a special report written um, by our sister show, Friends of the Earth's International Real World Radio. We'll be back on 3CR Dirt Radio in just a moment. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter. Today on 3CR, we're looking at agroecology in dispute. What's behind the transition towards a sustainable agricultural narrative? This is Dirt Radio on 3CR. Phil Evans with you. Um, And today we're going to look at at how some organisations have analysed the strategies, discourses and alliances of agribusiness that continue to put profit before people and the planet in our food systems. Friends of the Earth International, the Transnational Institute of Netherlands and the Krochevia International Centre launched a publication in 2020 entitled Junk Agroecology, the corporate capture of agroecology for partial ecological transition without social justice. 
Really, what we're talking about is agricultural practices and the way that big agribusiness is co-opting or greenwashing um, these ideas and co-opting the language, stealing the language of social movements. The aim of the report is to influence the just ecological transition debate in a way that ensures that we don't end up asking the wolf to take care of the sheep. Well, that's what researcher at Utrecht University, associate researcher at the Transnational Institute of the Netherlands, and one of the authors of the report, Alberto Alfonso Freitas, said in an interview with our sister, organization, our sister radio show, Friends of the Earth International Real World Radio. According to Alonso Freyadas, in a world where we all agree on the need to move towards a sustainable agricultural model, there are two competing visions. One is sustainable agriculture intensification, spearheaded by leading global agri-food corporations and also focusing exclusively on increasing agricultural productivity in the most environmentally sustainable way possible. And the other vision is that of agroecology, understood as a science, a popular practice, a social movement, and in particular, as a way of living. This second vision points to the need for political social transformation aimed at improving human health and the planet in a just way. In the Junk Agroecology Report, three main initiatives of the big agribusiness ideas are analysed, finding that these initiatives represent a sustainable intensification of agriculture with agricultural overtones. In other words, increasing pressure on the land and stealing the language of social movements to do it. Alonso Fredeas shared with Real World Radio a list of these initiatives. The first one was Sustainable Agricultural Initiative, created in 2002, chaired by multinational Unilever. It includes representatives of PepsiCo, Montans, Mars, Innocent Drinks, Nestle, Marks & Spencer, McCain Foods and Danone. 95% of this initiative's multinational members are private corporate interests. Number two, there is the New Vision for Agriculture, launched in 2009 by the World Economic Forum of Davos, which involves over 650 organisations at global, regional and national levels through the Grow Africa, Grow Asia and New Vision for Agriculture in Latin American programs. 49% of the New Vision for Agricultural's multinational members represent the interests of the global agribusiness capital. Corporations everywhere. The third initiative is entitled Food and Land Use Coalition, which was created in 2018 as a result of the Business and Sustainable Development Commission created in the 2016 edition of the World Economic Forum of Davos. It is alarming to learn that these initiatives are being progressed by not just corporations, though. They involve social and intergovernmental organisations, states, philanthropists and many other actors representing a real clear example of pre-competitive collaboration between big corporations and exerting influence on public-private governance spaces of the agri-food system where multiple stakeholders participate. Alonso Fredeas believes that there are three initiatives that promote a strategic and selective corporate capture of the aims, discourses and practices of agroecology, as well as the political space and funds necessary for the transition towards sustainable agriculture.
Just as many of the corporations behind these mega initiatives promoted a junk version of food back in the day, today they are promoting a junk version of agroecology, he explained. Meanwhile, researcher Katie Sandwell, member of the Agrarian and Environmental Justice Program from Transnational Institute of Netherlands, one of the co-authors of the report, she was in charge of writing the executive summary for that junk agroecology report. She added the following when she spoke with Real World Radio. When we talk about corporate capture in general, what we're talking about is when a corporation or corporations together try to kind of come into a, a space or a process or an institution or even try and kind of take hold of an idea and try to shape it and use it sort of for their own interests and to advance their own goals. So in the context of agroecology, we have this kind of big body of very rich knowledge, practices, and also political actions, which we together will call agroecology, and we'll talk more on that after, but which are based on indigenous and traditional knowledge and which are aiming to transform the food system at quite a deep level. And what we see now and what we have exposed in the report is that these corporations, especially transnational corporations, who are very involved in the global industrialized food system as we know it today and have been profiting from it, are kind of trying to step in and to take control of the concept of agroecology. And they're trying to kind of redefine it and to shape the understanding of it in a way that they can continue to profit from. And that's the understanding in the general public but also in specific kind of governmental and policy-making spaces, uh, and to some extent also in other, like, institutions and bodies. Junk agroecology is quite strong, Katie. What do you mean when you decided to call it like that? Yeah, so what we wanted to get at with that term, there's a vision of agroecology which sort of looks good on the surface but really has no substance to it. So what the name is alluding to a little bit is, you know, you will you will have heard people talk about and people use the term junk food for a food which is kind of attractive and appealing maybe on the surface but which doesn't actually nourish people and doesn't actually nourish communities. So what we mean by junk agroecology is the same kind of thing. There are solutions which might be superficially engaging or attractive, but which at their core are not healthy, are not just, and are not sustainable. That was Katie Sandwell there from a Real World Radio interview. You're on 3CR with Phil Evans here. This is Dirt Radio in the middle of a special report on junk agroecology, looking at the co-option of a food sovereignty movement, a movement for better agriculture led by Indigenous uh, people, First Nations people around the world, um, traditional knowledge, local knowledge, um, all the things that we value in food that's being co-opted by corporates and made into an idea that is uh, superficial and not really about the social movement for a transformational change in our food system that we so desperately need. Alonso Freyades, who was also one of the co-authors of the report, digs deeper, explaining that instead of radically transforming the current unsustainable agricultural model, the three corporate initiatives that we mentioned before aim to make a series of strategic changes focused on the production sphere and aiming to turn production, still controlled by global agri-food chains, into a cleaner, greener work. But in reality, the unjust social relations that come with these big global value chains remain unchanged. 
the co-coordinator of the Food Sovereignty Program at Friends of the Earth International, Martin Drego, said the big agri-food corporations are promoting a narrative that tell us that we need to increase food production to tend to the needs of a growing global population, which could reach 9 billion by 2050. Now, Friends of the Earth believe that the first element of this is false, because the issue of food at global level and hunger suffered by almost 1 billion people is not related to the lack of food, but to the concentration of and access to that food. The world is already producing enough food for 9 billion people, but nearly 30% of food is thrown away, and a lot of people in the world just don't have enough resources to access this food. In the Junk Agroecology Report, Drago explains the term junk agroecology, noting that the three initiatives under study do not take into account all the economic and social problems generated by agribusiness, in addition to the environmental impacts that they have as well. Moreover, Sandwell, who we heard from earlier, warned of a huge risk of corporate capture of agroecology, undermining a more genuine and transformative vision of it. Adding about the risk... I think it helps to look first a, a little bit at what agroecology is kind of for, or what agroecology is about. And that's, as a lot of your readers will probably know, we have right now this corporate industrial food system as one of the food systems in our world, which is really deeply problematic, right? It's environmentally damaging, it's contributing hugely to climate change, somewhere between a quarter and a third of all emissions are related to sort of agro-industry, it's damaging ecosystems, it's bad for human health, and it's bad for workers kind of throughout the food system. So there are these really big challenges or issues, which are kind of deep structural issues with this global corporate industrial food system. But for some decades, social movements have in different ways, and often really with the active leadership of small-scale food producers of different kinds, have been pushing to transform that system and also to defend alternatives to it that they're practicing already in their communities. So this is a huge kind of global movement to protect more sustainable systems and systems that can feed people and agroecology is part of this kind of overall transformative movement. So it's a critique of the industrial food system, of the kind of corporate and profit-driven industrial food system, and it's also a vision for how we can continue to grow and strengthen those alternative systems. So what we really see as a, as a risk where these uh, international governance spaces and where the public understanding of agroecology is being captured by corporations, we see there's a huge risk of the more genuine and transformative transformative vision of agroecology being undermined so that all of this political energy and social energy, which should be going towards building a better food system, gets instead kind of redirected to this process of building a system which maybe is a little bit different or different in a few particulars, but which basically preserves the same unequal power distribution and the same kind of destructive dynamics that have caused so many problems with the current food system. And in some cases, in fact, that kind of false visions of agroecology or the junk agroecology, as we've called it, can even deepen some of those inequalities and challenges that are facing people advocating for a transformative food system. Another issue of concern for the authors of the Junk Agroecology Report is that agri-food corporations are increasing their control over decision-making processes related to production and food policies. Friends of the Earth believe that these corporate initiatives promote the privatisation of decision-making at the level of the United Nations 
and as well as at national and local governments. And that multi-stakeholder approaches, where everyone gets to sit at the table to define issues, might sound democratic, but they actually aren't. Because, as Martin Drago, the uh, Friends of the Earth International Food Sovereignty Program co-coordinator, notes, When we sit with the wolf and the chicken at the same table to discuss how the wolf will eat the chicken, this is clearly not a discussion among equals in order to build a policy. Instead, Drago demands a multilateralism based on the participation of governments democratically elected by people, but also the peoples themselves of those who are directly involved. Companies that aim to profit from agri-food production cannot be the ones that define how people can exercise their rights around food. Finally up, we'll hear from Katie Sandwell again, the uh, author of the executive summary of that junk agroecology report, who says that the, the, the report defends a vision of agroecology that is ex- essentially a political one, one that is looking for transformation in political terms. So the kind of agroecology which we defend is a vision which is at its heart political. So it's about bringing about a political transformation which involves the full democratic participation in the food system of food producers, of workers in the food system, women, and of consumers, of people who (laughs) depend on food to live, uh, which of course includes urban workers. Um, And we say that those people should have a key role to play in shaping the food system and in shaping the policies that that give us our food system. The kind of agroecological food systems that we see coming out of those political processes as a food system that respects traditional and indigenous knowledge, that regenerates ecosystems and respects territories, and that builds new kinds of relationship with nature at the broad kind of social level. And the driving kind of point of this report is that none of those more transformative visions will be possible if we put the transition towards sustainable agriculture into the hands of corporations. Alonso Fridayas references recommendations for a just transition towards sustainable agriculture, presented in the report saying that public policies are needed to give a central role to small food producers, rural urban workers, and those who need to be involved in the design and the implementation of these policies, because they're the ones that make agroecology possible on a daily basis and have been doing so for generations. He added that there should be public policies with the aim of equitable distribution of wealth, income, work and decision making among genders. The aim should also be to facilitate the return of young people to the countryside, making sure they stay there with capacity building policies. It is this model of agroecology by and for the people and workers which would contribute to overcome not only the lack of environmental sustainability, but also the injustice reigning today, both in agri-food and social productive systems as a whole. Meanwhile, Friends of the Earth's Martin Drago highlighted that public policies should help people realise their rights, such as right to land, water, food sovereignty, health and education, because it's all about rebuilding social networks in the rural world with the direct participation of inhabitants of the areas, with specific support for productive activities, and a wide range of public policies that ensure environmental sustainability, but also social, economic and cultural sustainability in the territories, is urgent.
That was a special report written by and um, the interview snippets we heard from were from our sister show at uh, Friends of the Earth International's Real World Radio, broadcasting free words and building popular communication. You're on 3CR Dirt Radio. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains and the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and Monaro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter. You are listening to Dirt Radio. This is Phil Evans on 3CR. This is the Friends of the Earth show digging in and taking a look at agroecology today. No small area of thought looking at our food systems and how there is a worldwide movement to really transform them into one that works for people and planet rather than profit. But that idea is being co-opted by corporations. So if you missed or only heard part of that special report, then you can go on to 3cr.org.au forward slash dirt radio and catch up on a podcast. Um, we'll put in some links so you can check out that report as well as our sister show, Friends of the Earth International's radio show, Real World Radio. It's really worth a listen. Um, some fantastic interviews, great articles, um, as always, um, from that environmental justice perspective that Friends of the Earth is known for. And while you're at the podcast place, don't forget to subscribe to 3CR if you haven't already. Um, of course, Radical Radio runs on the support of people like you. So if you like the Dirt Radio show or any other shows that you hear on 3CR, then please give us a subscribe um, and get all the wonderful benefits that come with being a subscriber as well. We're coming towards the end of the show today, but I did want to let people know about a great program happening at um, Friends of the Earth Melbourne at the moment. Um, it is a series of uh, workshops run by the Good Grief Network. Uh, these are looking at the 10 steps to personal resilience and empowerment in a chaotic climate. If you're feeling um, 
a little bit stressed, um, overwhelmed, exhausted by the amount of work to be done, or you're not even sure where to begin, um, you're not alone. So you can join in with heaps of other people um, as part of these um, 10 uh, sessions that um, began uh, a few weeks ago in July, but continue on Thursday nights at 6.30 to 8.30 a.m., as PM, sorry. Um, and if you check out Friends of the Earth Melbourne's Facebook page or the website at melbournefo.org.au, you'll find all the details on how to get involved with that amazing program. Thank you so much for joining me today on a show. Um, don't forget to check out the podcast and also stick around on 3CR because coming up next is Billabong Beats with Gavin and it's always a fantastic show. So keep it on 3CR. I'm signing out for another week. Phil Evans, I will see you in a week. Take care now.